the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 395 for December 29th, 2013. look back at 2013 and a look ahead at what we can expect in 2014. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, the iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, first off, Merry Christmas to everybody out there and welcome to the end of yet another year. With this, our 51st show of 2013, Joey and I are proud to bring you this show every week and we could not do it without listeners like you. Thanks to everyone out there for their support and here's to another great year. Now, uh, very little news this week. In fact, so little news. In fact, uh, we want to do what we do at the end of every year, and that is to take some time to reflect on the year that has just passed, talk about what we thought was going to be coming up, and then make some predictions, uh, some of them crazy, on what we can look forward to in the next year. We used to do this in the Unlock show, and uh, since we don't have that anymore, we figured we would just do it on the weekly show here. So let's start by talking about what we thought was going to happen here in 2013. First off, in the news. Uh, We talked about how SoftBank would be securing a position in Sprint and the addition of Clearwire uh, Clearwire Deal would actually allow them to do some aggressive things with data pricing and uh, some some other things with that. Joey, you said that you thought that Sprint would actually be moving away from Unlimited and they would have some more tiered options that would come into play. Uh, And then finally, we also kind of saw Dish coming into different parts of this as well. And we said that Dish and Google may be a possibility for a deal, but it did seem unlikely. So um, some of this we kind of got, uh, you know, kind of right there, I guess, the SoftBank stuff when we had uh, a little bit of insight into what was going on with them. And obviously, the deal that came to fruition was one that had SoftBank basically acquiring all of Sprint. And so um, it's a uh, it's a big deal for them. And obviously, with what they've done here over the last year uh, with their Spark initiative and getting all the frequencies uh, kind of cobbled together here into a new type of network that they're going to push forward here has obviously been a good thing for them. And, you know, part of the Clearwire stuff has really helped them with that. Um, the data pricing side they really haven't gone you know more aggressive with it that's kind of been t-mobile's mo but uh they they definitely have stuck with the unlimited thing so joey they they uh they chose to uh stick with that and they have got no tiered options as of yet not yet but uh, we'll see what happens here uh, with our upcoming potential uh, acquisition of t-mobile that seems to be gaining a little bit of steam here there was some uh more rumors of banks getting the funding uh lined up at least the paperwork uh, in order for potential funding of that deal and uh, it sounds like SoftBank is kind of uh, working with T-Mobile uh, for this deal. Yeah, and that's, I think, going to be a big deal for 2014, obviously. There's going to be a great number of, uh, of people that are excited about this, that we're going to have probably a you know a better company than either Sprint or T-Mobile has put together so far, uh, and a better network and some, something that can have more resources dedicated to it. I, you know, I personally am just... I've, I've been a big proponent of the the top two, whether it's AT&T or Verizon over the last, I don't know, however long I've been paying them money every single month, but um, it, it's been many, many years. And I can tell you that for, uh, this kind of leads into the next one here, uh, the device subsidy models that uh, have been in place here now for really the last decade, but uh, more in kind of people's minds over the last five years are just totally falling apart when it comes to trying to understand if something happens to your phone, how much money you're going to have to pay for that replacement device. And so one of the things we said last year was that the handset subsidy model would peak and then led by T-Mobile, people will start to bring their own devices to the carriers and that the two-year refresh cycle would continue, uh, but not for all that long with handsets starting to peak uh, in their functionality, much like computers did in the early 2000s. Three years with a phone is going to become more realistic. And uh, so a lot of, a lot went into this, this prediction here. And, and obviously, yeah, I think this, the handset subsidy model is is peaking. Obviously, we saw all the carriers come out with various types of plans that allowed for customers to pay for their devices outside uh, of the contract that they have. And so you have a better idea of what your phone is actually costing over the course of that plan. You're paying perhaps less on a monthly basis than you would with a contract. And so ultimately, it, it makes a lot more sense uh, to someone who's looking at this and not really thinking about this stuff all the time like we are. So um, it is, it, it's great to see this happening here. And then when it goes comes 
comes to that 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 refresh cycle and how often people are buying new devices, the three-year model, uh, yeah, we're ne- definitely not there yet. Uh, but I'll be honest. Now, with a an iPhone five that I've had since October of two thousand and twelve, and so now we're coming up here on its fifteen months old. Um, this is the longest that I've had one single device, and I can't even think remember how long it's been. So it definitely makes a lot of sense that we're going to be thinking about these things in in a little bit different of a way going forward. Yeah, and it's been a really long time for me too. I think I may have had the Centro longer than this. I should go back and try to figure that out. But uh, this device is really not showing its age, uh, in my opinion, at all. It's just still really, really smooth. There's obviously some uh, bugs with iOS 7 that uh, weren't present before with iOS 6. But for the most part, it, 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 iOS 7 has definitely kind of given that newness feel to it. And with the added functionality that it uh, provided, I, I'm uh, definitely happy with it and really not, uh, I, I have zero interest in the 5S. The, there's two things, of course. Uh, one of them is very um, is very obvious, and one of them is not as obvious, but certainly something to think about when you think about an upgrade like that. Number one, of course, is the the fingerprint sensor on it, the Touch ID. Uh, whether or not you care about that, I know, Joey, your feelings on it are very much like mine. It's just really not that big of a deal. Who cares? It's not worth you know the hundreds and hundreds of dollars to do that. But the camera, um, I think, is is the bigger of the deals here. And to me, that that's the one thing that that does actually make me feel like it, it is a little bit old of a device and uh, so I get pictures from from family members that have the 5s's now and uh, they I, I see them and I see pictures like where the flash is being used and absolutely see a difference and so that that's I guess the one place that I think about where it would be nice to have that 5s and for me I guess I'm just not taking quite enough pictures to justify any sort of uh, upgrade price on that at this moment yeah, and if you think about what's going to happen with the next generation iPhone, if you're an iPhone fan, then this is obviously a great thing to uh, to hold out for, and that's uh, you know totally you know new redesign and uh, even better specs and you know the whole bit how that goes. Uh, more that uh, we see with T-Mobile and what's happening here with the subsidy models is that people are thinking more about prepaid. This is absolutely the case. Um, I work with a pretty interesting subset of people for my day job, and um, I two of those the people that I I work with have uh, Nexus 4s and both of them are on the straight talk plans. And to me, that's pretty interesting because um, neither one is in IT and uh, they both are not people who even think about this stuff. But with straight talk, they can get $45 for unlimited voice and uh, text and then, uh, you know, the whatever it is, two gigs of data per month. And they don't have to, they don't have a contract. They can move away anytime. Uh, they got the Nexus devices and it was it was just a really easy thing for them to do. Um, the, the, I guess the, the thing that I, that is interesting to me about that is that Three years ago, two, three years ago, you would never have talked to people about prepaid unless there was some compelling reason for them to do it, i.e. they couldn't get a postpaid plan. Now it's becoming more of a just kind of a smarter decision. It's if you if you're not apathetic to making a decision about this and you actually want to take a few minutes and and go through the process of, of trying to save yourself some money, it's really easy and you're not really sacrificing quality anymore. And so I think that's what's so important about this. And so, yeah, absolutely. More people are thinking about prepaid these days. Wi-Fi. Uh, is assuming a more important role in mobile infrastructure through the extension of broadband service plans. We were looking for more carriers to think about Wi-Fi first plans that use cellular as the backup. Well, not quite uh, that forward thinking, but uh, definitely see more uh, Wi-Fi out there. I think there's uh, this year more than any. I've I've seen more places come online with either free or some sort of uh, uh, you know I'll call them paywall type services. And, and the paywall doesn't actually have to be money either. It can be ad supported or some sort of information that you're handing over to get access to those Wi-Fi networks. I see that continuing to propagate as uh, the networks here. Actually, they've gotten faster, but then they've started to slow down because you're just using them more. So you're still you know, having to rely on the Wi-Fi services that are out there in order to get things done at certain places. In fact, I was just shopping earlier today and spent some time in uh, two different department stores, had 1X service uh, in both of those stores, was in a big chunk of a shopping center that had 3G-only services, didn't even have LTE uh, throughout it. So it's still not ubiquitous. In fact, I, I actually had to jump onto a Wi-Fi network that was there uh, to uh, send Joey a, an iMessage because not, they weren't going through otherwise. So I guess the only thing we saw really this year with uh, the Wi-Fi is Comcast provides now basically free Wi-Fi if, with your credentials. If you sign in, you can use their, 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 their Wi-Fi hotspots that they're now being supplied to actual customers 
uh, equipment site. So if you go to somebody's house and you have Comcast, you can use their Comcast network, but it has nothing to do with their Comcast network. It's very kind of a strange. They, they split the networks apart uh, at the at the equipment and provide kind of a generic Comcast uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's so it, there, there's yeah there's like the two networks, right? One is called like Comcast Wi-Fi, and one's called like Xfinity Wi-Fi or something like that. It's or cable cable Wi-Fi, maybe it is. There's cable Wi-Fi and Xfinity. I've seen that too. Uh, I am unfortunately also a Comcast area, so uh, but I, I haven't actually taken the time to use their equipment to. Uh, to figure that out, I use my own stuff. So whatever, I haven't even thought about that. But yeah, I guess, you know, those, they're starting to think about that. Uh, the other thing with that is they, you know, I think there used to be a cap on Comcast for the amount of data you can use, but those thresholds are, are suspended for them. And I don't know when that's going to change. Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, is happening. I think they're probably looking into that and they, uh, I, I'm not sure how they're going to do that because I think they're going to probably, st- you know, I think they may be also waiting for some of those new net neutrality uh, uh, court cases to finish up too to see what they're going to do because what what may happen is they may start putting caps on, but the caps will vary because if you use the uh, their, their 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 apps, for example, the 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 TV app, the uh, the player thing where you can actually watch shows on your iPad or even on your computer or on the website they won't count that towards your cap. So I wonder if that's that could be why they're not doing that at the moment. Interesting. Yeah, I wondered about that because obviously when you're doing that, especially the live stuff, you know, obviously it's it's streaming at a pretty high rate and uh, you could burn through a lot of data, you know, pretty quickly. And on the flip side, if you're using it for things like Netflix, they absolutely are going to count that towards your cap because you're they're not getting any revenue uh, through that. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff there. I've, uh, I'm a big uh, kind of Wi-Fi um uh, advocate i try and i try and use it where i know it's good and it's going to be safe but that you know that's another thing is yeah i don't hop on every network that i see uh, just because obviously i don't know who else is on it so but you know when it's there i like to use it and i think more people are becoming comfortable with that as well and and being able to switch over to it on their devices uh at you know just at a moment's notice whenever they need to do so uh next up here small cells present a compelling way to boost coverage and capacity given some large-scale promised by AT&T and others. Yeah, I think we've seen some small cell stuff kind of moving forward here. It's not, you know, in the news all that much, but uh, certainly they are out there. And as we move forward with some of the other kind of supplemental networks to the, the you know, the I'll just call them the mainstream or the primary uh, LTE stuff that's out there, it's going to make sense for them to bring in uh, more small cell type stuff so that they can reuse the spectrum over and over. Uh, with that shared spectrum concepts being promoted by the FCC uh, using TV white spaces, I did not hear a darn thing really about this. Uh, at least not nothing that was uh, all that compelling. Uh, next, we said lawsuits would simmer down a bit, but would still continue. Absolutely, that's been the case. It wasn't like 2012, uh, but there were still some that uh, popped up here and there, but uh, really no big deal. So those were kind of the main things that we said that were going to happen in 2013. And I know this week, uh, Apple's still uh, trying to get injunctions against Samsung products that are no longer even sold. So we'll see how that uh plays out for apple it seems like a very worthwhile battle to be fighting <laughs> yeah well i know a lot of it's just on the principle of it but yeah why are they even spending a dime on this i, I don't know i guess just to finish out the cases that uh, we're going uh, speaking of devices let's talk about what some device predictions that we had first off the iphone market share we said would uh, peak not in 2013 but in 2014 and that sales volumes would still grow over the next year as byod continued its momentum in the workplace and by the end of the year we said apple's overall share of the smartphone market would still uh, would start to level off ahead of an impending decline as the company continues to focus on margins instead of volumes. Now, a lot of that, I think, uh, kind of came through. You know, certainly the iPhone is is becoming the de facto here in the workplace. Uh, that was another thing we said that we thought was going to happen. And absolutely, I, I see that as the case. I would say probably out of the, I don't know, 40 plus people I have in my office, there's there's at least 35 that are on iPhones. I mean, it just seems like, you know, if we're, we've got maybe a handful of people that are using Android devices, everyone else is on an iPhone. So, um, you know, I know, understand that that's not necessarily the, what the numbers show, but in, in the workplace, you know, when you've got devices that are either being issued or it's a BYOD situation, the, the iPhone is, is the way that most people are choosing to go. And that's not necessarily going to stay that way forever. Uh, but certainly that's, that's what, uh, what I'm seeing, uh, as far as my experience has been. Um, this I, we also said on the device side, uh, this would push consumers and home users uh, into purchasing something different. Um, you know, we were um, 
I had this this idea, I think, last year that we were going to see some device uh, switches here from people that were uh, looking on the prepaid side, and we've already kind of addressed that. But um, as I as I think more about what it's going to mean to people that are having to buy their own devices, it's it's okay uh, that you can go out and you can buy a device for you know only a hundred dollars more and not have to have a contract and spend fifty dollars less per month. And you know certainly companies are are subsidizing people's costs here for certain devices, but in some cases they're not. And so it really depends on how that is. And from, you know, the enterprise perspective, it's great to be able to save that money and not have to have um, the outlay of the cash there. And then also the devices that you're having to fully support there uh, as you move forward. Let's talk about specific devices. Uh, First off on the iPhone, the iPhone 5S, uh, we said it would look just like the iPhone 5 with a faster processor, same screen, upgraded camera, night vision camera. Well, that didn't happen, but we did get slow-mo on the camera. Uh, We also said NFC, which we didn't get, and wireless charging, which we didn't get either. Uh, Also an entry-level iPhone. Yep, that certainly, uh, well, I don't want to say it certainly came, but we did see the iPhone 5C get announced. And so, um, you know, saying that the the current strategy of using the previous model as the entry-level device will continue. And uh, I guess that is the case because you can still go buy a 4S out there if you want. Uh, Also, the product cycle accelerates with a new phone announced in June. We did not see that. It did not come until the fall. And Joey, that's what actually you thought was going to happen. All iOS devices would be coming out in the fall. Yeah, we saw both uh, an iPad mini retina and an iPad air. So kind of a, a major change for both of those products. Yeah, and you know, obviously with both of the phones there too, I mean, it's the the, the hardware on the desktop side, whether it's the computers, uh, like the, you know, the, the laptops, um, actually the Mac Pro just, uh, well, that was announced earlier in the year, but didn't really come to light here until just, uh, just the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, I saw some interesting news this week where somebody tried to build a, a, a Windows computer with the same specifications and couldn't even come close to their price, even with the $10,000 model. Uh, they couldn't match the ECC RAM and they couldn't match uh, some of the video uh, capabilities that the Mac Pro has. And uh, e- even their their subpar system was like thirteen thousand dollars versus the 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 Apple's ten thousand dollars for the the higher you know the the really high end configured system. So uh, Apple's actually giving you a pretty good price. There's no Apple tax. It's in fact a Windows tax now if you want a super super high end machine. So it's kind of kind of interesting to compare that. And so, well, let's let's just briefly talk about this here because it's it's an interesting point. And and granted, we usually talk about you know, obviously the the mobile side of things here, but on the desktop side things are, are kind of changing a little bit here in, in you know we're we've kind of come from a, a time when you could buy a laptop or you could buy a desktop that was probably 50% better in specs and those specs have been coming closer and closer together um, certainly a Mac Pro is no MacBook Pro uh, but Joey is a recent buyer of a new computer what is kind of what was your thought process that went in there and, and why did you decide to do what you did well, it seems like, of course, if you look at the Apple side of things, and I was kind of leaning that direction just a little bit, I, I just just because the prices have uh, equalized so much recently. I mean, I know you bought a, a MacBook Pro, you know, many years ago now, you know, six, seven years ago. And, and back in those days, you know, it was, you know, 3000 bucks almost for kind of a uh, for 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 a MacBook Pro. And and at the time, you know, app uh, Windows computers were, you know, thousand dollars. I mean drastically more expensive to go Apple products. And and even the PC side of things, iMacs were more expensive. But these days, the prices have definitely come a lot closer and they're now kind of competitive with Windows machines. And and if you look at the laptop side of things, yes, they're, 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 you can definitely get, you know, $300 uh, Windows computers, but their specs, their specs are, you know, okay, but for not much more, a couple hundred dollars more, you can get a you know an entry level MacBook Air, which is of course much thinner than those three hundred dollars Windows machines. So you're definitely getting something for that extra couple of hundred bucks that used to be a couple of thousand dollars extra on top of it. So um, I kind of uh, went towards the uh, the MacBook Pro Retina side of things here, and uh, that's kind of what I ended up with because I I just want to simplify uh, my workspace here at uh, at home. And I think that's a good way to, you know, to go. I mean, obviously, I <clears throat> for many years here, I've now not had a personal laptop. It's all been a desktop, and then uh, the iPad really filled the need there for me, and and um, which was which was great uh, to be able to not have to to 
carry a laptop around everywhere that I went. But, uh, you know, the other part of that is that it was just it was a more economical choice. And so I'm now I'm with this iMac that is coming up here on. Well, it's now past three years, almost four years old. And it's uh, it's starting to show little signs of age. It's still running a Core i7 processor. It's got a terabyte hard drive. It's got eight gigs of memory, which all still is very, very good and uh, probably bests anything that I would buy on the laptop side at this point. But it's not necessarily all about the spec at this point. It's all it's it's about how, uh, you know, the processor handles, uh, you know, the, the tasks and, and what it does with the battery and, and everything like that. And so, um, you know, for me, though, it's it's looking at different things like an SSD would make all the sense in the world for me to switch over to. Uh, but I don't know that I want to take the time to do it in a, in a, in a computer here that I don't know how much longer I'm going to have. Uh, so it's a, it, it's, it's a pretty interesting proposition though. And, uh, you know, everything from kind of what, you know, you go through when you think about buying a computer, we're now thinking about that kind of stuff with the phone and, you know, what is it that you're actually looking for in the specs? Are you looking for something that maxes out on everything? That's the best technology that you can have today. Or are we looking for something that's going to provide the best experience? And so that's where a device like the Moto X just absolutely shines, uh, where you've got it's only a 720p screen in a world of 1080p handsets. Uh, you've got a processor that is not the, the top of the line. You've only you've got, you know, two gigs of memory instead of three gigs of memory. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't go the kind of the max out Samsung route. Um, and it's not necessarily uh, a it's it's not trying to hide anything either. It's just saying, look, this is what we put into it and it works really well and it provides a great experience and i think that's uh, another thing to to consider here but um uh, anyway, so the you know there there was a there was a definite in 2013 a continuation of the Samsung dominance. The Galaxy S4 was really the device that uh, sold probably the best out of any Android phone. HTC had their one that came out, um, and uh, obviously I mentioned that the Moto X was Motorola's big uh, big take this year into the market. Exactly, and of course uh, with the uh, the Samsung, they also still still have a hit in their hand with the Note. Yeah, that's true. The Note three, and you know I I see these around and. I, uh, I, sometimes I shake my head and sometimes I look at them and I think, well, I wish I had something like that. Cause it would just kind of consolidate two devices. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's interesting because I still like a device that I can use one handed. And that's where on the Android side, the Moto X just absolutely checked the box for me. It was just a great phone to use and a great device to carry around. And it worked, uh, it worked great. You know, you can just use one hand and, um, there were certain things on it that I just, I thought, you know what, this is the kind of stuff that we, I really hope to see in the future. Like you just you kind of shake it with your wrist or flick your wrist and it, it automatically activates the camera. And it was something where I was just, I would take it out of my pocket and as I was pulling it out of my pocket, flick my wrist and it was in, the camera was already there and it was great. And uh, so I, I love that kind of stuff. I think that that's very useful and, and really helps out with, uh, you know, with ease of use and usability here. Um, you know, we, we kind of had talked about last year that we, we didn't think we would see much changing with Motorola, but I think they absolutely did change in that they came up with a, a pretty good strategy here for what they need to do moving forward. What really seems like probably the Google partnership has finally, you know, it's finally have shown its, uh, you know, potential here because they probably uh, have a lot more funds from Google and Google's probably helping along a little bit. Yeah, we, we thought maybe that Google would sell Motorola off. That is definitely not the case. They're, uh, you know, running it as a separate business and they're trying a different strategy here. So um, hopefully the uh, the products sell well and uh, they can continue it uh, moving here because it is uh, pretty interesting to see. And obviously we love to see different devices and making sure that there's options out there for people that are looking for things that have options. And, and Moto with their Moto Maker has absolutely done that with these things. You can get a totally customized device. And I think people really, really like that. Amazon partnering with HTC was another thought that we had. They would produce then a range of smartphones and the online retailer would uh, realize that developing handsets is not as only viable, but it also would think that HTC would be the strategic partner to do that yeah that didn't happen at all <laughs> nothing happened there and uh htc just kind of bumping along with uh, what it is that they're doing on the tablet side we said tablets would hit a hundred dollar price point google amazon and barnes and noble will all meet it uh didn't really get to that point uh joey said that wasn't realistic maybe 150 bucks and uh really i think it was still the was the 199 is what we saw the nexus the latest nexus come out with right 
there's definitely some cheap Android tablets out there that have broken uh, that have broken that uh, price level. So I, you know, we're getting close with some of those, uh, like the, the the Amazon tablets. So we're we're kind of getting into that ballpark. We didn't hit the we didn't hit the hundred dollars for the the major uh, players. No, we definitely did not. You know, and I I'm I'm I guess thinking about these things. If you really want to have something that is of good quality, you're gonna not you're gonna spend a little bit of money for it. I mean, it's still gonna cost them, you know, probably a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars to make this thing, and so anything under $200 is going to be really tough on margin. So it's, it's, it's not realistic and and it probably isn't going to be moving forward. And also you don't want to use one really. No, you don't. I mean, it's just, it's not fun. It's not useful. It's just, you try it and you get frustrated and you put it down and you never go back to it. That's, 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 that's the realistic thing that happens with that. We also said BB 10 comes out of the gate hard, but not enough to get them moving in the right direction. The early adopters um, will cool by mid Q1 and the company would look to alternatives on what it should be doing. Spot on with this one, basically. Uh, BB10 sold a little bit out of the gate and has just been dreadful ever since. And obviously, we know of all the cuts, uh, not only to employees, but uh, in just you know to their their management and the executive team and everything. It's just a lot going on at BlackBerry. And uh, we heard recently that they're scrapping uh, plans for two new devices that were in in the works for being released, and they're done. Yeah, I, I just don't know what is going to happen here. Joe, you thought they wouldn't make it through the year, but uh, with the last couple of days upon us here, they're they're still rolling. They're still going. Uh, obviously, they they were selling lots of uh, BBM, uh, sorry, uh, seven devices, BlackBerry 7 devices were selling still kind of like crazy. So there's still just so much enterprise, uh, you know, keeping them afloat right now. They obviously have a new CEO. So really, they are obviously in, in rough shape, but uh, they're still going. Yeah, he's uh, it's very interesting. The um, you know, what is what is happening here with them going from essentially leader to what they are today? You know, we talk about this a lot. And I I, I, I do feel for a company that has kind of fallen from grace like that. It's the same thing like with a Kodak, you know, they were just at the top of the world. And then they just they failed to innovate. And it, it can happen to some of the best companies out there. So it, it's, uh, it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, speaking of big companies, Microsoft and Windows Phone, we said it would continue to bump along five to 10% of the market smartphone market share tops i think last uh, last check they were at like three or four percent it's really not a whole lot maybe maybe up to five percent at this point but yeah definitely not uh, breaking any any records with uh, what's going on there on the software side we saw ios 7 coming with a complete overhaul which of course it did we also said jellybean would come to a few dozen devices and ics would be left behind and gingerbread would shockingly hang on for most of the year as contracts for those devices continue well I guess a lot of that is uh, is indeed true. We did see KitKat kind of start to uh, hit some devices here by the end of the year. That was announced uh, just, uh, I guess, Q3. And so we've seen that on a number of devices here over the last couple of uh, months or so. And so uh, Jellybean still on a number of devices. ICS, yeah, we don't see much of that. Uh, Gingerbread has really kind of fallen off the map. It didn't hang on as long as uh, I guess we thought it would. But, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, certainly the, the latest iterations of Android are doing very, very well. Uh, on the Windows side, Windows Phone 8 uh, would be good, but not compelling people to leave iOS or Android. I guess that is exactly um, what happened there. Uh, WhatsApp becomes an acquisition target in 2013, uh, including potential um, acquirers, including Facebook, Amazon, and others. Uh, WhatsApp, I guess, is still their own deal. I, I, I don't know where we thought that. Maybe just talking about other the, the over-the-top services and, and stuff like that that was happening. Uh, they do continue to thrive. Text messaging is becoming passe, um, you know, and, and pretty much, it's amazing. I, I really don't text anymore, and it's annoying when I get them, it seems, because I have to figure out, I have to actually go to the device to use it, because I'm so used to services like iMessage or um, Google Chat, and I can use those on any devices. Well, that's the problem, that you're not using Google Voice anymore. That's where you really you know, you, you get into that issue where if you get an SMS and you don't use Google Voice, you have to grab your phone to reply. And it seems like you're in the uh, last century when that happens. Yeah. And I will tell you, the uh, the one saving grace is the Verizon Messages application on the iPad, which I totally forgot about until just a couple of days ago. And I hadn't re-signed into it on the new iPad that I got. And so I wasn't getting the messages on there. So I'm now getting the texts on, which are few and far between. So I think I've gotten out two. Uh, but I've, I've, I've got a couple of those now on the, uh, on the iPad. And so that, that's kind of nice to be able to do that right from there. Does that support MMS? 
Uh, I believe it does. The other thing I wanted to look at here was there's a there's a, a plugin for Verizon or there's there's a, a site for Verizon, I guess. Um, it's the where you can get all your messages on here on the computer as well. And uh, that that kind of works out. But it, what's the I guess why is, what's the question in that? You you didn't think it it may not or something? Oh yeah, I was curious if it supports MMS because Google Voice does not, and that's very annoying. Um, I I'm pretty sure that it does. Um, yeah, I wish I could look, but I'm talking to you on the iPad, so <laughs> I can't look right now. I think it does. I, I I do believe I've seen this before. Okay. Um, either way, there's there's it's nice to be able to do it. I, I'm pretty sure you can because they they save everything on there, so I, I think you can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Let's see. We've got uh, other OTA services continuing to thrive. Um, you know, we talked about that. Okay. Video calling and conferencing will be the big thing later in the year. Um, and if the st- a good standard can be figured out, yeah, nothing really got figured out. I guess it was just the standard iMessage and uh, Google Hangouts maybe came a little bit on stronger. I don't know. I guess more people are using it. I don't ever use that, but either way, uh, mobile commerce and e-payments uh, every year as of the year. Uh, the year of something, mobile payments could be it for 2013. And uh, we talked about how Google and maybe if Apple adopted it, they could help make it mainstream. It really didn't happen at all. Uh, NFC will play a role. It really didn't. Um, I, I just, this this kind of stuff was not really, I don't know if it's not of interest to people or um, what the deal is, but I, I just, I figured that there would be more of this stuff coming on and more people would want to use it. I mean, I know you've used Google Wallet. I have too. Um, but I still just plastic, pulling plastic out of the pocket is the easiest way to do it. I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that the, the retailers aren't uh, up to speed or if we just got too many different uh, standards parties trying to get their, their fingers in the pot here. That's probably more so what it is. Uh, and we just have this uh, apathy towards uh, getting our, our payment methods up to date and secure here as uh, shown by the target security breach here where all of your credit card data and the pin numbers uh, that they were, were encrypted but if you work long enough you can decrypt those so we've definitely got some uh, we, we need to modernize our, our electronic payments here and we need to do it quick because this is just going to get worse I think so um, you know I I wish that there was a, a better way to a better way to do all of this because I I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of great things that kind of come about uh, with when you start looking at the different you know, technologies that you can incorporate uh, from a phone to mobile commerce and stuff like that. But uh, it just, it's just not there. Uh, not quite there yet. Uh, one quick follow up here. I just logged into my Verizon messages on the computer. I am looking at a picture in one of the windows here that someone had texted me from a couple of weeks ago. So yes, you can still get them there. So that is nice. So that is a nice thing to do. And uh, I've enabled desktop notifications now, whatever the heck that means. Uh, so I don't know if that's a Chrome thing or whatever, but maybe I'll get notices here for the three texts a year that I now receive. Uh, we talked about a battle brewing over content companies spending big sums of money to get content. Uh, Netflix's uh, re- uh, deal that they had last year with Disney cables uh, pushing back and content providers and the, the cost of uh, programming fees and such. Uh, and I think, Joey, it was you that said that Netflix, Apple TV, Roku and Hulu uh, would be kind of the, the big things here rather than uh, the other uh, options that were out there, that those were kind of the, the primary ones. So you had uh, in the notes there, neighborhood uh, video stores would no longer exist. Well, Blockbuster is totally gone. So I guess uh, there's probably a few here and there left in gas stations I've seen in small towns. But here in the city, the uh, video rental just does not exist anymore. I guess I can't imagine the last. Well, I can tell you the last movie I rented, and this is because I don't have cable now. And for those of you that uh, are big Christmas buffs, of course, or maybe even if you're just a normal person, you will know that TBS plays every year uh, starting at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, I guess it is, on Christmas Eve through the for 24 hours, the 24 hour, uh, 24 hours of the Christmas story, which is that 1980s movie, if you recall, that was set from, I think, back in the 1960s. But either way. The, the movie itself is on for 24 hours. I no longer have cable, so I no longer have TBS. So we actually had to rent the movie, or we bought the movie. We spent the $15 or whatever it was on the Apple TV and played it over and over and got our, our money's worth out of it. And we'll continue to do this moving forward because we now own the movie and we can now watch it and don't have to pay the whatever we were paying a month uh, and uh, to be able to watch it. That's funny. So, yeah, I suppose Redbox is the, the one thing that is making, uh, you know, that that is still going very strong because they do have current movies and it's an easy, quick, you know, easy, quick thing that they have at the gas station or grocery store. So, you know, that kind of rental is still going. But, yeah, there's just no huge dedicated store anymore because, you know, that little piece of technology, I mean, it, it is really neat. I've seen them have it open one time where they had the carousel of all the discs in there out. And it's really pretty, pretty neat. Hmm. I uh, 
I, I, I just can't say that I, I, I don't get into it. I don't, I don't rent movies anymore and I don't, I don't know. And, and I've never used one, no. So I, it, the, the, the thing that is interesting is, is, of course, the push with Netflix here in their own content, as we saw with the success this year of their uh, House of Cards that was renewed. It'll be oh, yeah. uh, the next season will be out on uh, February 14th. Uh, Lily Hammer, another one of their own original series, was, uh, was just released sec- season two. Um, and I think we're going to see some more. Orange is the New Black is another one that they had. So uh, it, it's turning out cheaper for Netflix to actually you know, write and produce their own shows than it is to purchase media from existing companies and i think this is just going to keep uh, going this way and i know hulu is trying to do the same amazon is trying to do the same also so it's uh definitely going to be a race here on on we're kind of creating new networks but they're not traditionally delivered over you know regular cable tv networks this is exciting stuff for me too because as a a person who doesn't watch a whole lot of content i do get i I do get an interest or have an interest in seeing new stuff that comes out and and stuff that's interesting so both house of cards and lily hammer were probably some of the best tv that i watched this year um and it's services like that you know that you can get with netflix that allow you to explore different things to to see if there's stuff that you like um i didn't watch the breaking bad series so i don't know what happened in it uh but i have stuttered to watch that and i'm slowly kind of getting my way into that um the other what's the boardwalk empire is another one uh that's on netflix now i believe right at least a, a couple of seasons Ooh, are. i have no idea about boardwalk empire i really don't well i haven't watched it so uh if it ever comes to netflix um perhaps i will uh, perhaps i will do that but either way it's going to be um yeah i mean there's there's stuff like that that i i don't know that i would want to go out and buy a whole season of it if i didn't know that i wanted it and so you can kind of explore really easy like that and boardwalk empire is a good show it, it it's a little bit slow in some uh instances but it's it, it is good yeah, well, uh, long long story short with this one is that there's a lot of content stuff that's happening there. Didn't really happen, much of it didn't really do anything on the mobile side. I, I guess we're probably past that as people are just trying to, trying to understand how to you know, really do what their core businesses are, and that is to make devices and sell service, and that is really their networks, and so that's what they want to do. Uh, finally, we said uh, that app markets uh, would continue to mature. Uh, and that we, I, I don't know who what was, which one of us it was that said it. We thought we were in the midst of an app bubble, 700,000 plus applications in the app store and Google play. Uh, and how many of them are, um, you know, people are doing and building great useful applications, but are struggling to stay afloat because profits, um, are really not there for most of these applications. And many apps just look so similar. And there's so many different options that are out there that people are just not willing to pay for them because they don't know what's good and what's not good and stuff like that. So, um, either way, it's, it's pretty interesting. Interesting because as I look at, uh, you know, now we're into the end of 2013 and both app stores have uh, right at a million applications in them now. And I can't tell you the last time I bought an application, um, as sad as that is to say, it's just I I use what I use and I, I don't branch out into much and i i think about things every once in a while i was thinking about a wi-fi scanner this week and so i was doing a lot of searching for that and trying to find something that i wanted but ultimately i was just seeing all these you know all these apps that kind of were doing the same thing but nothing really stuck out and i I don't know i just i couldn't get i couldn't get over what it was that was going to be the best one and so i just ended up saying forget it and uh, found another solution on uh, the computer and just was able to use something that i had on the computer so no big deal um but either way, it's 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 interesting how with what's going to happen with the app market and is the development of an application going to continue to be as profitable as it once was? I'm not really sure. But either way, that's that's what we talked about for uh, for apps at the end of last year. And really, we've really, really seen games going towards the freemium model where they're free to download, free to try for brief. But you have to absolutely pay to continue on the game other than just basically trying it out. We the the the, the days of having the the light free version and then the full paid version uh, that seems just about gone except for old ports like we saw just the release of uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas where it's $7 still but there's just no way the game supports uh, in-app purchases because it it just wasn't designed like that back uh, however six seven years ago when that game came out yeah yeah well i think if we look at uh, ultimately what what is going to what what people are going to look for it's going to be stuff that's going to be interesting and and different than what they have right now because you can you know I, i'm kind of bored i guess as what i'm thinking here with what you're doing on devices maybe it's just because i'm not exploring and i'm not buying stuff anymore but um this is why i get you know the itch to every once in a while go and buy a new phone because i'm looking for something different and to come and realize because i'm using the same application there's really no difference and if it changes the way that uh, you know, my workflow goes, the efficiency that I have, then it's just, it's no better than what I had before. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, for me, I'm still using lots of apps. I, I do sh- kind of surprise myself um, when I go through my open apps on, on either iOS device, how many different applications I have open. It really does uh, uh, it really does blow my mind because it feels like I'm not using apps, but when I start closing them to reboot, it, it's a ton of them are open. Yeah, that's true. Now that I think about that, I'm scrolling for a good five seconds through applications here, and it's stuff that yeah, I, I don't even think about, like Yelp, uh, my credit card company, um, you know, all these different things. Oh, the calculator. Yeah, of course. So yeah, lots of different stuff that, yeah, I don't even ever think about it. It's just there and you just open it and, and move. I guess that's, that's the point. You just, it gets out of the way. You don't even realize that it's going on. Let's talk a little bit about 2014. Uh, you know, certainly there's going to be a lot going on here uh, within the next year. Uh, on the carrier side, uh, we already talked about it a little bit, but potentially Sprint uh, picking up uh, T-Mobile, uh, which could be an interesting thing. I, I don't know, Joey, how you're feeling about this, but I think Sprint uh, certainly could benefit from a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a, a fresh kind of feel to them and i think t-mobile is the company that could do it for them uh maybe i i i, I think that uh, t-mobile may lose its mojo at that point i mean sprint has been so badly run i, I don't know if softbank is going to put in some better management or, or try to run the company better but i it's just been uh, it's just been a boondoggle for the most part from what we've seen so i just see t-mobile being dragged down uh considering their their major upswing they've had here in the recent uh, months with their new, uh, you know, getting rid of the device subsidies, making everything very clear for the consumer, you know, very pro-consumer moves they've made here and some great prepaid options that they have. So uh, I kind of see this as a negative for them, for us, the consumers. Well, I, I do, I, I can, I can see that point. I, I do think that it could, what it could do is it could create a company. And I think both of the companies would be looking to, to make sure that they're, they're maintaining a lot of what their customers are looking for, which is uh, a better value than they're getting from the other carriers. And it's also something that they can, they can differentiate themselves with. And that's what they, that's what they're always talking about is differentiation. You know, on, uh, on the AT&T Verizon battle, it's always the, well, we're better than the other for, you know, some, you know, really nebulous claim, like we're more reliable, you know, whatever that means. And, you know, uh, either way, I think that they, what they would have to do is they would have to come up with a strategy that could really get people to turn their heads and really what they're both doing right now is good. Um, but, uh, certainly it's, it's, they it could be done better. Well, and I don't know if this deal will be able to pass regulatory. I don't know if they're going to allow those two to merge because of the, uh, you know, it may kind of create uh, three major players. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, how the how it's looking right now as far as the political climate. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I guess if we, we we'll just we'll just see what happens here. You know, obviously, the uh, Metro PCS T-Mobile issue, uh, merger wasn't an issue, but that was just because of the size and it wasn't really creating something that was all that big. But yeah, we were talking about 35 million and 50 million. So it still wouldn't surpass number two, but it would uh, it would certainly make it a little bit bigger and probably uh, make some people uncomfortable. So with our current net neutrality court cases that are uh, in process right now, I think that I mentioned earlier, we've got uh, some potential for the upcoming year that we may have, uh, we may start seeing some basic, if this, if, if the, uh, if Verizon wins this, uh, this court case, we may start seeing service-based fees tagged on uh, our data plans or some sort of restrictions or something like that, that may kind of shift the way we use our data connections. Instead of being kind of a wide open pipe that we have right now, it may start turning to be a little bit different. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how maybe Netflix will be throttled. Maybe it'll be charged. Uh, you may have to pay $5 a month to, to be able to use Netflix on your, uh, on your cellular data. I'm not sure how it'll go, but uh, that is potential. Uh, that could be uh, something we may see this year. Mm, interesting, uh, interesting thought there. Um, if we look at uh, what other, what else is going to happen, you know, obviously I think LTE is going to be a, a, another big uh, thing for this year, an LTE push, especially in some of the smaller carriers. Uh, the the bigger carriers are, are rounding out their networks, and and for for those like Verizon, you know, they're going to be they're basically doing LTE V two, right? I mean, it's a it's a way for them to to continue to expand, but also fill in the gaps of the network and fill in the areas where they're really having issues. So yeah, the, the the AWS spectrum for the the Verizon. Uh, we've got uh, HD Voice is something that Verizon is claiming they're going to get out here. It's uh, was supposed to be this the end of this year, but it looks like it's pushed into next year. Probably for uh, they probably realized their LTE network's way too saturated for that to make any sense whatsoever. So that's probably what has delayed uh, that. Probably just for resources and for just 
data capacity as well because if they're if the LTE saturated like they are in the the big markets, <laughs> HD voice just isn't going to work. Uh, and you know, kind of along with that, the the voice over LTE. Yeah, which is going to be my next comment is, what do you think about that? I mean, is it number one? Is it going to happen this year? And does it matter? Does it is it going to be really that big of a you know? Is it going to really be that big of a deal? And are we going to see it? I mean, I, we need new devices to make this work. But is it going to is it going to take it's a you know in, it's going to start coming to us this year? Verizon needs to do it. Uh, They will because, you know, they're the getting off the CDMA side of things is really, you know, that's holding it back because that's such a legacy network now, the voice network that they're running. It's it's ancient. Uh, They probably want to get that spectrum back available for uh, LTE deployment. So I think that is something that we will see probably at the end of 2014 kind of uh, start moving for them. But I I don't know if we will. It really depends on how how saturated their network uh, still is, uh, you know, mid-year once they get the deployments of the AWS out. I just want a network that works. I, I, I still, like I mentioned, I don't know, a half hour ago. Today... I was in 1x coverage today. How is this possible in 2014 that I cannot push data through a network? This is not like, ah, it just, it's driving me crazy that we're, we just don't have, uh, you know, they're focusing on these weird things and these things that obviously are going to help push different things forward. But come on. I mean, we're, we're in 2013, almost 2014 already. We should have networks that are working much better than they are. Yeah, we should. And in while I was in Phoenix this last week, I did see LTE in absolute remote areas uh, that I you know never had uh, coverage before, and it was just roaming on Sprint for for years on end. However, I saw the three G indicator more than I have in the entire year and a half I've owned the iPhone five since while I was down there. So there is definitely. Um, there, there's definitely coverage issues around, and I don't know if it was just weak LTE or just the the network was oversaturated and it would, it would fall back to EVDO. But then the phone would get nice and hot and toasty in my pocket. So definitely, uh, you know, the the network makes such a big difference. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. I'm, we're recording this at uh, four o'clock or whatever in the afternoon, and I've had the fo- it's a it's it's a weekend, so I'm not even really using the phone that much. And I was I was basically down to you know below twenty percent on my phone. I'm having to charge it up because it was it was such a just it sucked the life out of the phone it's just terrible yes it really does while i was in phoenix i some of those days i charged the phone almost from you know 30 40 percent back to full four times in one day yeah so let's talk about that what about battery technology is there going to be anything within the next year that's going to come on that's going to help with this issue i have not seen anything that uh, may help with this issue just 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 nothing yeah, I, I'm the same way. I think that battery battery technology is is still the Achilles heel. Um, you know, I, I think that if we if we can figure out what 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 can happen on the internals of the phone with the processors, with the data, with networks, with you know the radios and stuff, um, that that's what we need to figure out. But ultimately, until we do that, it's just we're going to continue to have problems. Yeah, and, and or and or software needs to be a little more optimized for battery life. It seems like the the iOS has definitely kind of fallen behind now compared to Android. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true but it, it kind of feels that way yeah so uh, that that to me is going to be one of the bigger things that I, I don't know that 2014 solves this but that's going to be one of the things that we need to figure out and i i know we talk about having a one day one day battery life and that's great but give me a one day battery life in, in situations like this where i can i've got a phone that can handle the, the you know the environment and the the conditions that are thrown at it and once we can figure that out then we can figure out a good device uh, that can be used by everybody because if I'm not here at home, I've probably got a dead phone at this point, and that's just unacceptable at this point, honestly. So uh, either way, very, very interesting stuff uh, with that, I guess. But, um, you know, some of the other, you know, big stuff that I think we're going to see is uh, is really probably on the device side. So, um, you know, the, let's talk about Apple first. Uh, iPhone 6, uh, bigger screen, I believe, is almost inevitable here. Maybe 4.2 inches, maybe something even bigger, 4.5 perhaps, if they can figure out how to, uh, you know, shrink down the bezels to make that work. Likely in the fall, though, there's an off chance that could happen in the spring as well. What do you think, Joey? I, I think there is. I've just got this feeling. We've seen rumors of larger iPhones, but I, I think we know they need to expand their line. I think just the one size iPhone, just uh, one size fit all, fits all is just not going to uh, take the, it's just not going to cut it in the upcoming year here, especially with the, the major competition from Android and the bigger screens and, and, and how popular they are, especially uh, with 
almost everyone I see, uh, especially older people, uh, you know, you know, forties on up, I see with the larger screen because they say, oh, I can see it so much better. I, I like this big, big interaction here. So I think Apple really is missing some of their uh, their customers here, and and I think the uh, the rumor release of iOS seven point one in uh, spring will coincide with a device launch of this uh, of this nature, bigger iPhone. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought there. I mean, I guess I didn't really put those together, but uh, yeah, I guess that could uh, that could do it. I, I don't know. I wonder if there's, um, you know, if there's going to be enough interest this early on uh, to to warrant that. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that you've got the iPhone five customers who, uh, whether or not they bought right away or not, they've still got a ways to go before they can buy a new a new yeah. phone. They do, but you know, I think this is what uh, I think this is what Apple needs is another big. Oh my gosh, I've got to have this. Look at this new phone. It's got this excellent battery life because it'll be physically much bigger, so they can have a much bigger battery in it. And I think that's what's going to grab everybody. And that's and that's also one of the other things I hear about, like the Note, is its battery life is just you know it's got an amazing battery life, and I think that's what will drive people to this phone, whether or you know whatever it costs them. Yeah, I'm 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 just in a position where I don't want to buy something that isn't going to substantially step up my experience with the device, and that's what the 5s is just not doing. And so, um, you know, certainly this could potentially do it. Obviously, everything else with this is going to be just kind of incrementally better. Uh, probably the same camera actually as the 5s. Now that I think about it, because that's just kind of what they do. Uh, but everything else, you know, perhaps some more the faster processor, more efficient processor inside, uh, maybe a little bit more memory, depending on what they decide to do with iOS 7, uh, and uh, you know, etc. Etc. Obviously, they'll keep the lightning connection. They'll keep, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit different of a design. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm not sure what exactly they would do. I mean, they're trying to cram in as much as they can. So putting in rounded uh, areas in it, maybe a design that looks more like uh, an iPad, perhaps. I don't know. What do you think about that? It's very possible. Uh, you know, it, 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 I think they will do something a little more rounded because the square edges on the, uh, the iPhone, you know, 4S and 5 series now, it just, uh, it seems like it's, it's a little bit harder to grip and it's time for a change, right? Yeah, that's true. I, and that, I say that and I think about things like the Moto X and that's got nice rounded edges and uh, that's very, very comfortable and, uh, you know, so easy to, uh, easy to, you know, kind of think about how that could, could play into this. So, yeah, so that's, that's a good point there. Uh, on the Samsung side, Galaxy S5, of course, and I'm sure keeping with its tradition, they'll unveil it uh, in May uh, or maybe even April. Uh, but I bet we'll see, um, you know, that will that will probably be what's going on uh, with them. Uh, certainly with this, I'm wondering how much we're going to see upgrade wise in this. You know, if it's a it's probably Snapdragon processor for these, the stateside models, the international version would be probably the Exynos 5, uh, I guess, perhaps maybe something even more. Uh, Galaxy S5 may also come with a 2K screen, three gigs of RAM. 32, 64 gigs of internal storage. I don't see much changing there. I don't know if there's anything that's going to really flip, you know, flip uh, uh, everything on its head for Samsung. You know, do they do they look at different materials or do they stick with the plastic stuff? I think they're sticking with the plastic stuff. I think the the, the price and of course the flexibility and the shape you can make it. I, I think uh, you know I think Apple's kind of got that aluminum thing covered here, uh, at least on their their premium models right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of uh, Android, though, what about the Nexus? The Nexus Six uh, later in the year, I would imagine, alongside the latest version of Android that gets released. Um, the phone hopefully will be uh, available, uh, you know, for similar pricing. I know that's what's kind of going on with the Nexus line is that people really love that. Uh, uh, and then uh, we're up to what are we up to there? We're up to the uh, the L version, uh, right? Because we had KitKat with uh, everything that was going on this year. So perhaps we'll see the whatever that L version is going to be. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what what that possibly could be. I, I haven't looked at any speculative names yet for it, uh, but we'll have. Uh uh, probably a major jump because uh, KitKat was a uh, was a dot release. It, you know, went to four dot four Android, and I think we may be uh, about to the time where we're going to do a major overhaul of Android. Maybe it may go to four point five before we see a, a five point where they change kind of the underlying architecture, like they did with Ice Cream Sandwich with with four when we made a a major major jump, uh, integrating the tablet and the phone versions of the OS. And then with 4.1, we had the Jelly Bean, which brought the, the Project Butter in for the smooth uh, user experience. Hmm. What do you think about the name? Uh, you know, if I think about everything that, uh, that's out there right now uh, that's come up, I'm trying to decide what is going to be the best name for an L version. And, and you know, we thought Key Lime Pie was a dead ringer. In fact, we'd even been, of course, hearing about it. Uh, so once you get to L, uh, you know, what is it that it's going to be? Are we going to find... Uh, I don't know, lemon meringue something, or what do you think? 
Well, yeah, very that's very possible. It could be lemon meringue uh, pie or something like that. But uh, it was actually key lime pie internally yeah. uh, is what they were referring to it. So that's why we did kind of keep seeing that uh, that rumor uh, for that name. Lollipop? Lollipop seems to make sense, right? That does. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with lollipop. That's what I'm going with. I think lollipop, Android lollipop is going to be next. We'll see what happens with that. Other devices, of course, to expect. I'm sure we'll see a G3 from LG. We'll see the M8 from HTC and also some other stuff from, you know, the Chinese companies and Sony, you know, Huawei, ZTE, uh, Mizu will all have their own stuff as well. Uh, look up for a lot of that coming up at CES uh, 2014. Uh, just a quick side note, uh, neither Joey or I will be attending CES this year just uh, too much going on in our lives unfortunately can't make it work uh, I've yet another move coming up here so that'll be an interesting thing but uh, either way uh, next weekend uh, we'll try and get a show in and uh, with that one of course talking a little bit about CES preview stuff and what's going on with that it's going to be uh, crazy as usual. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, I'm actually interested to see just kind of how this is going to uh, play out this year. Not being there, it's been so many years since I've been there. Maybe this will be a little bit easier, perhaps, uh, doing it from home and being comfortably here, drinking a cup of coffee instead of sitting on the floor of a, of a casino hallway. Oh, come on. The casino floorway hall is exciting. And and, and, and you need to change that. I, I know you're kind of being a little uh, underdramatic there with the cup of coffee. I think there's going to be a pot of coffee. <laughs> there's always a pot of coffee at the desk. Just easier. Exactly. You have to walk to the kitchen then, you know, just makes it makes it makes it easier. Actually, we do have a couple of uh, questions and comments here. Let's uh, just plow through these real quick uh, because uh, one of them here, first one is actually pretty interesting. And it's from Josh. Uh, and it's a voicemail and it's his review of the Pebble. Mickey, this is Josh um, recording from Walk Hill, New York. Um, this is not really a cell phone uh, question, I guess, uh, but it it's a wearable item that goes along with the cell phone. I picked up a Pebble this weekend. Um, at first, when that Kickstarter thing was released, it looked cool, but I wasn't really interested in something like that. But, you know, as time's been going on, and I'm kind of getting tired of my Nike Fuel Band, um, it's, you know, it just kind of gets old, you know, just seeing calories in time all the time. Um, so I picked up a Pebble watch with the hope that maybe someday it'll do some of the fitness stuff. Uh, but what I found is there there are a few fitness applications for it. They work okay. But the thing that really got me was the fact that you basically get all the notifications on your arm that are coming through on your phone. That might sound redundant, but I have essentially turned off all notifications as far as them popping up on the lock screen on my iPhone 5S, which not only saves me battery life, but my phone's not vibrating in my pocket constantly. Um, the only reason why it will vibrate now is for emails. And I have um, the important address is set up to be flagged. So that's the only time now that my phone's vibrating. So it's great because my phone can sit on the countertop on vibrate mode. It's not buzzing constantly. The screen's not lighting up. It's actually saving me battery life. Um, I've been able to be a more sociable person. And as funny as that might sound, I constantly find myself at gatherings or just hanging out with friends out to dinner with my wife. And it's like, I'm wondering what's going on on my phone. And I'm constantly looking at it. Um, I have it on my wrist. So I've limited the notifications now to text messages um, and uh, calendar appointments and just, you know, maybe one or two other notifications from different apps that I, that I really um, use all the time. And that has helped me tremendously to just cut down on the fact that I'm pulling my phone out of my pocket constantly. Some people might be able to get get through with self-control, but that's not my strong suit. So just having it on my arm really has um, done a lot. I got it at Best Buy for $120. Um, the Pebble, um, it's very, I got the black version, so it's very uh, slim and, you know, sleek. And you're not really going to notice it unless you're staring at it. Um, and that's one of the things I like about it. I don't like being um, noticed for having tech on me, if that makes any sense. I love having the greatest, latest and greatest stuff uh, just for my own personal use, but I'm not really into the, hey, look at me, this is what I got type thing. So that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this watch. Um, I don't know if you've ever considered getting something like that, but I strongly recommend it. Um, as far as like a, something like the Samsung Gear, I actually got to go to a Samsung store here in New York uh, city and that thing's huge mickey and for it to only last you know not even a day as far as battery life no thanks 
Um, I don't really want to be walking around the city talking to my phone looking like Dick Tracy. That's so 1930s. Um, so I just thought I'd share a brief review with you. And, you know, if you want, you can put it on the podcast. But as always, keep up the great work. Bye. Josh, thank you very much. Uh, interesting take on that. Uh, definitely makes me want to get one. You know, I, I think the um, you know, how using a technology to help yourself uh, in other experiences, you know, socially, as you mentioned here, is, is one of the great things about technology or can be one of the great things about technology, uh, but can also be one of the things that, uh, as you kind of point out here, everyone just kind of, you know, stares at their phones all the time. And I see it more and more now, and I'm not sure why it is uh, that it's it's getting worse. Maybe it's just because more people are just using their devices wherever they are. But um, it, it is pretty interesting here, I think. No, I think, you you know, going to back to what you just said there, I, I think more people are using more of the Facebook and stuff mobily and that that hasn't really caught. I mean, it, it, it's caught on just recently, really, that the masses are doing that. It it was kind of neat. You know, people had the apps and they kind of checked it every once in a while. But now they've kind of replaced the desktop version with their phone version. That wasn't the case before. And I really think that's why you see a lot more people really, really staring at their phone more so than what you saw previously with just texting activity. Do you think uh, that the Pebble is 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 a, is the way to go? Or do you think something like the Galaxy Gear is the way to go when it comes to like wearable tech? Or are both of these off? Do you have any interest in any of this stuff? For me, I can't wait to get a smartwatch. I, I, I'm I, I'm just chomping at the bit for it. But you know what? Both of these just do not interest me. They're they're physically way too big. Uh, the, the, their charging is clumsy. The the interfaces are you know bizarre. To you know the Pebble's not too bad. The the gear with its Android interface just seems goofy to me. So uh, I like the e ink display of the Pebble for sure. But uh, it's just not there yet. Not not quite. You know, if you uh, are looking for one, uh, they are twenty dollars off uh, for the next couple of uh, next couple of days here. So, if you were looking to get yourself a Pebble, actually, it ends today. So, one hundred and thirty bucks instead of the original one fifty, you can get it from uh, their website. It's still not that bad. I mean, one hundred and thirty bucks. It's it's almost an impulse purchase at this point. Uh, You know, you can you can see all sorts of stuff going on, and you just leave your phone in your pocket. Um, To me, this would really the 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 killer feature on this is going to be the the fact that you can see the emails coming through and you don't and you don't have to pull your phone out of your pocket or you can just quickly look at it um th- that that's just the killer for me i really don't like the fact that i'm constantly looking at my phone just to see what the email is it just email is just kind of overwhelmed me um and i it just I, i'm constantly dealing with it and it just bugs the heck out of me so anyway i would love to maybe try that out. i'm not sure that another piece of technology is what's going to solve that i think i've got some other underlying issues to fix yeah, but you, you may almost need to just turn off email notification altogether at that at that point when it becomes just you're just constantly checking you just have to just check the email when you get to to a, a moment to check your email instead of being reminded by the phone you know just make sure you'd put the high priority or do that some of that sorting thing where you get just the notifications on on the highest priority items yeah i was uh i was looking back through through my messages and i i was like wow i i really had a lot this year i mean i was it, it was something like fifteen thousand or something like that message emails that i received this year and i i, I can't do that math it's i think that's 50 right it's like 50 a day which doesn't seem like a lot until you think about the fact that those are just the ones that I had saved. Um, you know, I still had all of these other emails that were had just been deleted. So it was it's pretty crazy to think about what that means. And that's that's every day of the week. That's including weekends, too. Yeah. And that's probably three times that amount. I mean, I would imagine for me, like the ones yet, you, you know, you kind of want to keep there. It, it's, it's probably a three to one, four or five to one ratio of, of, you know, deletes versus keeps. Oh, there's I mean, there's times where, you know, you get the automated messages and it'll be 40 messages. Just boom, you know, just like no automatic notifications about something. So there's just a lot going on <laughs> anyway. So email is, is, uh, is, is kind of taking over. And I, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way as well. But anyway, Josh, thank you very much for writing in and uh, for providing us that review. That was uh, very informative and insightful. Finally, today is a question from Mel and he uh, writes, uh, actually, he's got a voicemail. So we'll listen to that from Mel. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a marvelous Christmas holiday. This is Mel from the Midwest with a sort of prepaid question. My primary phone is a Sprint HTC One, and the Sprint network is improving, but it's not where I want it to be yet. I have a Galaxy Nexus that is my extra phone, used mostly for data, and I have the $30 T-Mobile SIM. But T-Mobile's pl- uh, coverage in my area is slightly worse than Sprint's. Uh, so the question is, is there an AT&T uh, prepaid plan 
that I can get that will give me a good amount of data. I don't really need many or any minutes so I can try out T-Mobile's network. Um, the AT&T regular things advertised on television just have 300 megabytes of data. You know, that's not enough. Which prepaid carrier um, is uh, – we use AT&T towers. So I can tell the other choice is to get a straight talk SIM, but I'm not 100% sure that you can get a straight talk SIM and make sure it's AT&T. So whatever you can tell me, I would love. Keep up the great work and have a happy new year. Thank you very much, Mel, for writing in. Uh, you know what? I guess what I'll say with this one is, you know, there, there's a number of different options that are out there. And I would say the easiest answer way to answer this is to say that uh, it, it probably is worth your time and aggravation to just look at what AT&T sells directly. You can always check out their uh, their prepaid data plans that they have for tablets. And uh, those will offer you just the data services that you need and you wouldn't have any minutes or texts at all, which doesn't sound like that's an issue. And uh, if you're looking for, you know, to spend the similar amount of money on your like your $30 plan you have with T-Mobile, 30 bucks a month will give you three gigs of data. So that's uh, probably going to be sufficient for you. And uh, you can go up or down from there. And uh, that's probably, I, I guess, in my opinion, probably the best way to go, the easiest way to go. And guess what? It's a Nexus, so it doesn't really matter. They have no idea what that, uh, you know, what that ESN is and what kind of device it is that you're using. And so they're not going to ding you for trying to use a SIM in an incorrect device. Uh, so that's uh, that. That's what I'll say with that. Uh, on a, as a side note to this, uh, I found something very interesting. With the Moto X, um, I was using an iPad SIM in it. So it was a data-only SIM. But it was a branded Verizon device. So Verizon knew that it was a device that was one of theirs, essentially. And so while I didn't have texting or, um, or, or voice on it, what I, what I did think that I would have, which I didn't, was the ability to tether. And so when I went to try and turn on the tethering on it, it tried to like, contact Verizon and check to see if that feature was enabled. And even though it's a tablet SIM and the tablet SIM has tethering functionality, it would not let me do it because it was apparently not the right plan for this particular device or it wasn't you know what was on the account was not what the phone was going to be using so interestingly uh, if you do decide to go that route I know I had mentioned it on a previous show at how I had done it with uh, with an iPad sim for only 10 bucks it still uh, didn't work uh, for tethering but everything else pretty much worked great and uh, so that that was uh, good to report so uh, Mel hopefully that answers that question good luck to you let us know what you decide to do we'd love to hear any experiences that you have and if you have any questions or comments for us we'd love to hear from you as well you can give us a call 206 203-3734 just like Mel did or you can either write in or send in voicemails like Josh did to questions at the cell phone junkie Dot com. Again, we'd love to hear from you and uh, get your question or comment on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.